You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries is a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation, and these guys have been around a very long time. And why do you stick around a long time? It's because you treat your customers the right way, and you provide your customers with a product that works. So if you want to find out more information about Interstate Batteries, their history, their company culture, their devotion to the customer, what you need to do is visit interstatebatteries.com or stop into one of their thousands of retail locations all over the United States and talk with a battery specialist today. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and I don't know about you, but I am balls deep in thinking about hunting gear and equipment. Typically, once turkey season kind of gets over, and it's not necessarily officially over right now here where I'm at, but it's really close, and I've all but thrown in the towel for turkey hunting this year. But when turkey hunting is over and mushroom hunting is over, and, and really before I transition into anything else, I, st- I go through a period where I start talking about hunting gear, I start thinking more about hunting gear, I start planning uh, future purchases, I look at all of my gear to decide what I want to upgrade on, what can stay the same, and uh, whether or not I want to spend some money in you know different categories of, of what I've made a decision to purchase. So a lot of thought right now is going into hunting gear it's going into researching products you know and budgeting basically on all those things and and bob and myself are going to be talking a lot about that over the next couple weeks we're going to be talking about purchases that we plan on making that we're going to make today we're going to be talking with mitch hayfley from vantage point archery now most of you probably know vantage point for their broadheads now they make other things but these guys are most known for their broadheads they've been in the business about 15 years now creating some uh really awesome really uh i guess high quality broadheads uh, american made and uh we're going to be talking to mitch today about how the company started 15 years ago how they were introduced into the market Uh, i think they were actually one of the first if not the first broadhead company to machine the broadhead out of a single piece right there's no hinges there's no screws there's no bolts it's just one piece 
into a broadhead. And I think that makes them the first in, in the category to do something like that. So a really interesting uh, story about the process, about adding new SKUs, about what the customer wants, all that stuff. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy it. So enough talking. Let's get into today's episode with Mitch Hafley of Vantage Point Archery. All right. On the phone with me today, Mr. Mitch Hayfley. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I'm doing good. Doing good. All right. So today, you know, this is another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. And I guess, Mitch, tell us what your brand is. Yeah, well, I'm representing Vantage Point Archery today. Uh, so we have been in the archery bow hunting industry now for about 15 years. Um, so we kind of started just with a, an idea and kind of a passion for the industry. Like I'm sure most groups are, are kind of in a similar boat and, uh, have been able to come out with quite a, a large lineup of different archery products, you know, specifically broadheads, um, over that, you know, that 10 to 15 year period of time that, that we've been doing business. So, um, you know, we're kind of excited to see all the new technology and, and uh, different elements coming out onto the the market, whether it's with, you know, the manufacturing or just, you know, product development. So we've been able to kind of plug our two cents into all that and uh, produce what we feel is one of the the top product lines of archery equipment on on the market right now. Okay. So when you say product lines, you guys sell more than just broadheads? So we do. um, Actually, in the last couple of years, we've been able to uh, add to our product line with regards to field points, um, we do have risers as well that we sell. So it's an ILF uh, riser. Um, we have kind of all different setups even within that, um, you know, for both right-handed, left-handed, and a couple different uh, grip styles with that. And then we do have some broadhead cases that we sell as well um, on top of what is now close to about 60 different SKUs of uh, broadheads, anything from two blade to three blade, uh, turkey specific, small game thumpers, um, and a bunch of different styles in between. Gotcha. All right. So have you been an owner since day one of this company or uh, part of this company since day one? Yeah. So um, there were a couple owners that started this project off. So it's been really a family involved uh, project from the start. So actually my dad his business partner, um, and then a employee at the time of our manufacturing facility, um, all kind of got together one day and, um, basically said, you know, Hey, we have all the tools, equipment, and, uh, we have this idea and kind of threw some prototypes together, but yes, it's been in our, our family business now since, since the beginning. And I've been a a part of that really from the the get-go. All right, cool. So the the first question I, I have is, you know, are, do you guys come from a hunting background? I mean, sometimes people have a product and or, or they're, they're hunters and they have a machine shop and then they decide, mm-hmm. you know, oh, man, uh, what, why aren't we building a, a broadhead? Because we're doing everything else in this machine shop. Yeah. And, and one of those examples is gearhead archery right they mm-hmm. they have a machine shop but they also now make bows because you might as well if you have everything else at your disposal 
right? It's just another skew for their, their product line. And they're all hardcore yeah. bow hunters too. So my, my question yeah. is, are, are you guys hardcore? Like, are you guys hunters where this was a no brainer to start making something that you loved or is, is, was there another Avenue into this, this business? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I know I kind of alluded a little bit to the beginning of, of our process of becoming a company and everything. So actually to start things off, uh, you know, we had a, a very much a, a passion for the outdoors, um, bow hunting, you know, hunting in general. Uh, and then we were also very favored, you know, early on to have a manufacturing facility. So we got about a 20,000 square foot manufacturing facility here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and uh, prior to making our own line of products, we did anything from medical to automotive to, you know, anything you can think of. We were manufacturing um, different product lines for different companies out there. Um, and really, you know, kind of early on into our manufacturing, I guess, business cycle, uh, you know, our, our passion for the hunting and the outdoors uh, was, was always there. And we always felt like there was kind of a, a gap in the market for like really high quality products. And really to, to start things off, we just kind of were, were making products for ourselves to use. Um, so, you know, the ability for us to, to manufacture the first prototype was, was kind of a simple, you know, plan since we had all the equipment, um, you know, CAD drawings, engineering and everything to that nature. And then, um, really our first product was was the broadhead and we were like you know hey we want something that is going to be super durable it's going to be precision machine so you know the flight the accuracy everything to that nature uh would would hopefully be you know a, a secondary item of of you know being able to to process it like this and then the ease of being able to utilize this product over and over again so really i kind of see it as a, a twofold one we already had, you know, the infrastructure in place and kind of the passion for manufacturing. But then we also, you know, brought, you know, something that we do on the side and, and, you know, everybody kind of does in this area, especially on, on the weekends and especially come fall um, into the business realm as well. Yeah. yeah. So that's how kind of, that's how kind of how the business started. How did you guys mm -hmm. sit down or your dad and his business partner or whatever, sit down and say, well, what's this broadhead going to look like? You know, what are the angles going to be? How much is it going to weigh? You know, what material is it going to be made out of? What did that look like? Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned, you know, there were certain elements that we wanted to see in a broadhead that actually the first prototype that we did was a hundred grain three blade broadhead. Um, and so kind of as, as we move forward into where we are now, you know, really, you know, some of the, the main staple products that, that we sell, especially here in North America, are, you know, the 100 grain, 125, 150 grain. So I think that's kind of what we had previously used on, you know, a lot of our, our hunts. So we kind of tailored it to obviously what our needs were. Um, but that really, that first prototype was the three blade, 100 grain. Um, and so we, you know, we had, like I mentioned, all the, the design CAD you know, studio um, drawings that, that we could scope out. But some of the, the main elements that we wanted to see in there was the durability. So, you know, we were, we were actually able to, on um, different processing um, databases, kind of see, 
you know, what it would look like if it had impact. And obviously, you know, we actually manufactured several and tested them to see, you know, how they would hold up, you know, if they were shot into a target, if they were shot into a cinder block, if they were shot into, you know, different elements uh, along the way. And then obviously too, what, what the flight pattern was going to be. So we were able to kind of simulate a lot of that stuff through our software as well as testing. And then, you know, the big, um, component that we really wanted to see was the ability to to reuse this over and over and over again. So from the blade angle to, you know, lay flat on a sharpening stone and be able to, you know, take it after field use and be able to sharpen it up, um, you know, and, and, you know, put it back in your quiver and, and go again was, uh, you know, super important to us. And then, so we kind of took all these elements and said, okay, what is, you know, what is being used out there for material? Do we have the right material? Um, fortunately, a lot of the, the material that we had laying around was actually a, a pretty good, um, you know, resolution to the, this issue as far as what kind of material we're using. So we use a, a carbon tool steel, although even um, in the last couple of years, we've been able to, to kind of branch out a little bit. You know, we, you know, we have a stainless steel uh, line of products that, that we carry right now too. Um, but really the, the type of carbon tool steel that, that we were using was able to keep a, a nice sharp edge on it, kept the durability. Uh, we also had heat treating to think of. So, you know, what, what does that process look like? And, you know, what, what does it look like with one metal component compared to another? And then obviously, you know, is it going to rust over time? So we had to then develop also a, a surface treatment as well through the, the several months and years that it, it took us to develop it. So, you know, we kind of looked at it on, you know, three different levels. You know, aesthetically, we want it to look, you know, super cool. You know, it's got to work out in the, the field. So, you know, the functionality of it and then the, the longevity of it as well. Um, and we kind of had some boxes that we wanted to tick in each of those areas. And it's a, it's a continual um, process, too, to evolve and, and make things better as we go as well. Right. How many offerings did you have when you launched the business? How many broadheads? We had about three different varieties, and there were all three blades at the time. I think we did the 100 grain, 125, and 150 grain in our, our three blade varieties. And and really, at that point, we were just kind of selling word of mouth here locally. We didn't even have a website at the time. Um, so it was more or less, you know, hey, if you knew us and were coordinating with us, you know, on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis, you know, we were just basically word of mouth advertising this. And then, um, you know, the word kind of continued to, to spread from there. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking at your offerings right now or at your SKUs here on your website mm-hmm. and are are they all one-piece machined broadheads yep so pretty much everything that we do um so whether it's the field points the ilf riser um our our broadhead lines you know you know even the different varieties that that we carry the two blade three blade small game thumpers these all go through a CNC precision machining process. Okay. And then how does, so the one piece of metal, right? 
and it goes through mm-hmm. the machining process. Uh, is that from a from an engineering standpoint? Is that one of the strongest ways to make a broadhead? Yeah. So you know, I, I always kind of categorize different camps within the industry, and, and I'm sure you're fairly familiar with with the industry. I would imagine, and you know, you have individuals that or, you know, even companies and groups that have, you know, um, mechanical heads and you have fixed blade heads and then you have, you know, something in between such as, you know, different hybrids definitely fall within the fixed blade camp. Um, and even within that, there's different elements as far as how do you get a product, you know, how, how, how does that product evolve? So even within the fixed blade, you know, there's metal injection, um, there's stamping, there's welding, um, and really when we came out at the time, uh, and this was around, you know, 2008, um, we were able to obviously have, you know, all the integral parts of our infrastructure, but we also felt like, you know, Hey, we've used some of these fixed blade systems in the past and, and we've had, you know, failure in, in one form or fashion, you know, whether a weld breaks, uh, metal injection, you know, you're going to have some material, um, discrepancies from time to time, uh, stamping, you know, there's, there's, you know, pros and cons with everything, whether you're weighing cost or durability or consistencies, but we really felt like, Hey, you know, this type of process that we're using here, we feel is going to be the most conducive for the most consistency and the best durability on a long-term basis, um, to be able to, cause all of our metal, we get in like a roll bar form. And it's all um, itemized as far as we know exactly what, um, you know, the metal processing was with that. So, you know, you don't have inconsistencies um, that you would with some of the other processes that that fixed blade companies use. Gaia. Gaia. Out of, curi- out of curiosity, it, how many broadheads do you manufacture in a day? In a day? <laughs> um, so we... And and obviously, you know, you, you look at the, the calendar year, um, you know, any given day, there's there's some variation just for the simple fact that, one, we do still manufacture other products oh, that's um, right. within the industry um, as well as some of the, you know, products for other industries. So it's kind of tough. But during our peak season, um, you know, when we're, you know, we're really trying to fulfill orders or you know, and, and we try to do our best in the off season to get as much inventory in as possible. And, um, but you know, we're, we can make, you know, upwards to 1500 to 2000 broadheads a day, um, just within our, our 20,000 square foot facility, which, you know, some people may not think is a lot, but you know, that's, that's pumping out quite a few broadheads for, for our, uh, capacity that we have. Yeah. I gotcha. So, you got you have you have this uh, this new company you have this offering right how how well were you guys received because 2008 was kind of uh um let's see 2006 is when i really started getting into hunting and i can remember mm-hmm. back then mechanical broadheads weren't brand new but there was a lot mm-hmm. of hype around 
mechanical broadheads, right? Everybody wanted, everybody wanted to have a mechanical broadhead. So here you guys are coming to market with, uh, not a, I'm not going to, I don't want to use the word standard, but you look at your product Mm -hmm. and you're just like, Hey, it's another fixed blade, right? What was, what was that introduction to the market like? And how were you guys received? Well, yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of a, 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 you know, a a turbulent time. And if you really look back to, there's a lot of things that were going on. One, um, like you just mentioned, you know, there was some new standards within the broadhead, you know, marketplace with, um, you know, mechanical or, you know, different hybrids that that were coming out. Um, Also, we were, you know, in the midst of a a recession going on too, which, you know, we're kind of seeing something similar to, to the fact right now too. So, I think there was a lot of things that, that were going against us, but I do believe, you know, the, the processing that, that uh, we use and are still currently using, I think that was kind of an integral part in kind of getting the hype up for, for what we were doing. So, um, you know, I, I think if somebody said, Oh, precision CNC machine product, you know, not a whole lot of people kind of know all the integral parts that, that go into that. So for, us to be able to kind of explain our story and who we were and kind of, you know, what type of equipment we have and why we're using that equipment. I think, you know, really our story kind of sold a lot of people on that. And I, you know, I still go back to the, the simple fact that, you know, Hey, we weren't really advertising. We weren't really putting a lot of our dollar bills in you know, marketing and, you know, whether it's TV ads or magazine ads or whatever the case may be, we were, pretty much knocking on doors and, uh, you know, kind of doing some grassroots um, stuff back then. Um, I think being able to put a really high quality product in somebody's hands and then them sell it for us, you know, by telling friends and family, it really was the integral part of, of being able to grow to, to where we are now. Gotcha. So what does that look like? You know, let me back up a step. You guys took, you know, you launched the pro- you launched with three SKUs, right? You're you're trying to mm-hmm. introduce your brand of broadheads, this new this new uh, uh, CNC machined. When you guys first came out, were you guys one of the only CNC machined broadheads on the market, or were there others? I I, I truly believe we were the, the first ones. Um, we did see some come out about four to five years after us. Um, and, and to my knowledge, we were kind of the, the pioneers of, of, you know, this type of processing and, and really looking at it on the, the machining side, as far as, you know, how, how we make the, the products themselves. Um, and through the years, I mean, we've had groups that have kind of duplicated kind of what, what we do on our machines. And, um, you know, you even see, you know, some, some groups over, in Australia um, that have similarly done it. You obviously have a a big Chinese manufacturing sector over there that have kind of, you know, they take, you know, different prototypes and ideas and market, um, you know, specific products and try to, you know, re-engineer them on on their manufacturing industry as well. Um, And then you, you know, you're seeing more and more um, companies now here, even in the United States, I think Montech has their own version of a uh, machine broadhead now. Uh, so I, I think it's, you know, it, the, what is the, the saying flattery by, you know, 
um, producing something similar. So, you know, it's, it's obviously competition. I like to see it, though. I mean, I, I think you kind of think you're doing something right if, if other people are, um, you know, trying to copy what you're doing to, to the most part. But, um, you know, we've kind of stayed the course and we felt like, you know, we're putting out the best product we can and, you know, continue to, to add to our lineup to, like I mentioned, where we're at now with, you know, close to 60, 70 different SKUs of products, um, ranging anywhere from 100 grain all the way up to 300 grain. Right. So let's talk about that. You know, this is one of my favorite questions to ask, whether it's a broadhead hand broadhead manufacturer or someone from a clothing line or uh, because I think these type of conversations and these type of meetings that people have are really where the like the products are born, right? The, these roundtable discussions of you, mm-hmm. your dad, or whoever else is in the, in the company sitting down and going, all right, what's next? And you guys start talking about ideas, right? So what does that process look f- like for you guys when it's time to start adding uh, another skew or a new broadhead to your lineup? Yeah, well, you know, obviously we feel like we're we have a pretty good insight on the market and you know the first products starting out were obviously items that we wanted to personally use but i think anytime that you're a company and you're putting products out there on the market i think the best thing that you can do as a company and as kind of a you know a group that's innovating and continuing to put out new products is to really take a step back and to listen to your customer base. So we always try to do our best to integrate feedback, um, you know, from our, our customer base. So, you know, at one point we kept, you know, once we launched our website and kind of did some of the, you know, actual business elements of infrastructure and we had, you know, an office staff and people taking calls, you know, a lot of the calls that we got in were like, Hey, you know, I really love kind of the, you know, the look of your product and kind of how you guys manufacture it. But I see that you don't have a two blade series. Is that something that you guys, you know, are thinking about coming out with? So it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, we listen to our customer base, but um, I think if you're not growing and, you know, reinventing yourself and kind of innovating different product lines um, within your, your company structure, then, um, you're, you're really digressing. And so it's kind of a combination of, okay, Hey, what are some other elements that, that we can manufacture for our own personal use, but how can we really make this the best environment, you know, a one-stop shop for all of our customers that, you know, may have rules and regulations where they live, or, you know, they want a specific head for, you know, turkeys because, you know, they're, they're big turkey hunters or, you know, maybe they want to go stump shooting or um, hunt for some, you know, smaller game. And so, you know, how can we, how can we, you know, innovate something that, that would be tailored to, to that need and niche. And that's really kind of what we look at. And then we really kind of condense that and say, okay, if we are going to take this plunge, you know, what does that look like? You know, we go back to that drawing board again, like we mentioned, you know, what kind of materials are we going to be using are we going to be using the same processing? Do we need to maybe change up the heat treatment um, based on the size of the, the product? You know, what are some of the qualities and, and uh, you know, different SKUs that we even want to 
bring out. So, you know, when we started the, the two blade series, you know, we didn't just jump in and <laughs> make every single skew. You know, we started again with the 100, 125, and 150, and then kind of built our way up from there. Yeah. So you mentioned um, you mentioned your customers. Who are your mm-hmm. cu- who are your customers? Who's who? What demographic is buying your product? Well, we're currently selling. Um, you know, by by the books, we're we're selling in over twelve different countries right now. So. We, whether it's, you know, online sales uh, through, you know, different marketplace exchanges or um, actual brick and mortar dealer groups. Um, uh, so, you know, we're, we're really on a global scale right now. Our, you know, the, the world population is our customer. But if I were to fine tune that and really say, okay, well, what type of bow hunter is really buying our products? I, I really think... Um, it is the, the individual man or woman that really wants to get geeked out in all the, like the fine detail, um, of, you know, what goes into a setup. So kind of understanding, you know, all the, you know, different elements of, of, you know, how to, to fine tune your, your heads and, you know, what arrow combination is going to be best. Um, we have a lot of, uh, big game hunters, so, you know, our market, place in Australia and Africa has really grown over the years. And then we've seen kind of a, uh, a large uprising in uh, the West, uh, Western United States as well. Um, but, you know, we have customers every day that, you know, are just regular blue collar um, customers that, you know, are just white tail hunters here in the Midwest that are, you know, more local to us. And then we have individuals that, you know, hunt for a living or, you know, they go around the globe and, and bow hunting is what they do and they need a, you know, really reliable product that will work time and time again. Um, so it, it's really kind of tough to, to narrow down a specific customer, but I, I would say we're a little bit in the, the niche of uh, customers that, that really want, you know, the, the finest products out there. Right. So I want to ask you about your, your research and development side of things, because I know some companies they you know they obviously make their products overseas they may have a department that fiddles with it but their mass production of the product is all done over in china right so they may have mm-hmm. a guy with a machine uh make a, a um you know like a prototype, a prototype right or maybe they have a mm-hmm. guy who actually designs it on cad or some design software then sends it off and they send a prototype back and then, obviously, if they're dealing with China, that's a long ways away, and it's going to take time to send items and products back. What's that do for you guys when you're able to have everything in-house design? You know, you could potentially design and have a prototype in one day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an absolute game changer. It really is. Um, I don't think, you know, in, unless you're running a company – and, you know, you're, this is a, a daily task for you. You know, you're, you're producing an actual tangible product, um, which, you know, over the past decade, more and more companies, you know, whether it's in the archery industry or, you know, we kind of have a, a window into other industries, too, which is, is kind of an interesting thing. Um, but until you're dealing with that on a day to day process and understanding that a lot of product is coming over from the, the Asian manufacturing market. 
um, it's unbelievable the advantage that we feel we have where, um, you know, whether it's um, quality control, whether it's, you know, inventory control. So if we get a huge order um, that, you know, pretty much wipes us out of our inventory, we can change over in the course of an hour to start running that product um, where other groups, you know, they're, they're scrambling to, you know, understand maybe where a shipment of products is coming from. You know, you look at a day and age where we're at right now too, where logistically it is a, it's a, it's a pretty big nightmare for a lot of groups trying to get products from overseas and um, you know, all the, the, the different barriers from one country to another, whether it be tariffs or just um, certain countries, you know, closing down their logistic logistical ports because of the, the pandemic that we're having right now. So, you know, this is kind of a, an oddball, you know, occurrence that we're in right now, but even in a, a normal market situation, um, we're definitely blessed to, to be able to, to kind of have that leisure. And um, that allows us to, to not, have to like overcommit to a lot of inventory as well, where some of these groups, you know, one is they're having to buy, you know, a lot of product um, based on, you know, getting bulk discounts. Uh, but a lot of these groups then too, you know, are, are relying on having these, these bulk shipments be- so that they don't get into a, a pickle with having, you know, not enough product on the, on the uh, storefronts for when the season hits. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your broadheads, whether it's the process, whether it's the end, you know, the, the end result, the, the final product itself, what makes your, in your opinion, you know, cause every, every business owner has to be confident in what they're doing. They have to be confident in their product. What makes you confident about your products, your broadheads, and why do you think that, uh, you know, some, some people should take a look at them? Yeah. I mean, obviously each, each group when asked that question, I feel like they're, they're definitely biased um, in some of the responses, but I I do truly believe and you kind of alluded to it a little bit. Like if you're going out there and you're talking, you know, whether it's with distributor groups, dealer groups, or just one-on-one customers that are are looking for a product in the market, I think it's imperative that you have confidence in the product that, that you're selling. So whether we're talking about archery equipment or, you know, bicycles or anything else that, that you can think of that's, you know, manufactured out in the world, I think every company has to ask that question. Um, and so it's super easy for me because I'm a user of the product. I've seen it from, you know, day one, from, you know, the first development of a, you know, our very first prototype to where we are today. I understand all the the time and effort that goes into just thinking about one skew that we even make as far as, um, you know, how do we, you know, what, you know, how do we put it on a machine as far as, you know, the the different CAD drawings and the the processing of programming each of the machines, how do we get the most efficiency while still making sure that, you know, we're having all of our tolerances to the best of our abilities, being able to, you know, measure each and every single broadhead that comes off a machine for, you know, weight and uh, um, spin testing, 
heat treatment, you know, the, the way that we sample each of our batches after they come back from each process um, to do a QC check on everything. Um, and then just the, you know, the community that we've been able to build here in kind of a small blue blue collar town here in like Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, and being able to provide an all-American made product in kind of a, you know, a global marketplace is truly amazing. So, um, you know, to kind of touch on each of those points, I'm a, I'm a user of the product. I know the process from start to finish and all the intricacies that go into it. And then I think it's easy for me right now to, to have mass confidence with our customer base and it's continuing to grow and the, the feedback that we get on a daily basis, whether it be people posting on our social media um, about, you know, their success stories, um, different influencers that, you know, have picked up our product and have advocated for us. And, you know, whether it be, you know, people that we've reached out to previous or just, you know, individuals that we've never even heard of that, you know, reach out to us. So I think all three of those elements really, you know, give me a lot of bragging rights uh, in regards to, to what we're doing and, and continuing to have success in this market. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the details, right? You, you've mentioned twice now about, you know, the process and the details that go into the broadhead that you feel makes them good. Right. What are some of those mm-hmm. details? Maybe there's a process that you do that maybe another manufacturer doesn't do. And I know you guys have a, a specific niche here. You know, you're talking about a one piece machined product. So compared to anything else that's out there or maybe the fixed blade market in general, what are some of the details that make your head stand out? Well, in you know, in general, like we mentioned, the, the manufacturing process, so a uh, I would say majority of the fixed blade products out there are not um, machined. So, you know, right off the bat, you're talking about 70% of our competitors out there um, do not use that type of processing to, to uh, you know, produce a product or an end result. So right there, you know, that's a, a pretty easy thing. And then even within that machining process, um, you know, we have specialty software, like we mentioned, where we can actually program and get all, you know, all of our CAD drawings and, and uh, really process the, um, the broadhead even before, you know, any of our tools start up or any of our machine startups. So we can kind of see, you know, a 3D rendering of, of the product. So specific software that we use, um, the machines that we use, you know, I can't really speak for some of the other groups that, you know, um, actually CNC machine their, their products, but I would imagine that most of our machines are different. And then the different incremental steps that, that we put them through. So there's three to four processes per variety of head that, that we um, manufacture. So one is getting the material in, doing material certs and checks on the material. Um, and then there's three, you know, there's a lathe operation, mill operation, and then usually another lathe operation that we do, which is all, you know, fine tuning the product and making sure that it's, you know, straight and precise and uh, to the right grain size. Um, From that process, we actually take 
several different batches of each of the products and we treat them through a heat treatment process. So um, there's specific Rockwell heat treating um, regimes that, that we do based on um, different breaking points. So understanding that, you know, we've tested thousands of products in the past and we know to the, you know, 10th degree as far as how hot we need to treat um, each of our products. Um, and then from that process, uh, we have a proprietary surface treatment that, that we use that prohibits rust. And from there, um, every single product that we put into our packs are spin tested as well as um, hand sharpened. Um, and I think that attention to detail, there's a lot of groups out there that want to automate a lot of things. And I think those two last processes right there where we literally you know, screw every single uh, product onto a, an arrow shaft, spin test it, and then we have, you know, a secondary process too with the, the sharpening process um, kind of really makes us stand out from, from the rest of the pack. All right. So what, uh, what kind of pressure do you guys get from whether it's your users or the market in general to fall in line with everything else that's going in the market to, to make him maybe a me too product, you know, something that everybody else has, but in order to get some of that, you know, that market share, you need to, you need to make a product like that, or even take it a step further and make a mechanical rodhead. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even within the space, the, the, you know, fixed blade space, we actually do manufacture fixed blade products for, I want to say about a dozen other companies as well. Um, so even some of our competitors have come to us in the past. Well, you know, they, they had started up and really they had an idea and they said, you know, Hey, I don't really like your guys' design. Um, you know, I, I feel like a product that, you know, had a little bit of a differential and, and, you know, had X, Y, and Z, you know, whether it's the, the shape or, um, you know, the, a different type of material or whatever the case is. And we basically, and they came to us and said, Hey, would you guys ever make that to put into your product line? And so we basically sit down with each of these groups and we said, you know what, Hey, that's not really within our, our DNA structure, uh, as a, a company. Uh, but you know what, if that's something like a project that you guys want to take on and you guys want to start, you know, a business venture and, you know, sell a product that meets your guys' criteria, you guys can certainly do that. And we've been able to um, build and work with other companies. Um, like I said, almost close to about a dozen different companies or, you know, they were individuals or a group of individuals at one time that, you know, didn't really like, our particular style of product, but they wanted something, you know, similar with some different changes. And we said, you know what, you know, that that's not within our core element. Um, we want to stay to, you know, what we know and the style that, that we produce is, you know, a style that we want to continue to make. Um, and so they've kind of branched off, um, but in turn, their growth has been able to help us grow too. So I, I think we've been really true to our, our beliefs from, you know, a very, um, you know, first stage of, of our business. And, and we've had those opportunities to, 
you know, branch out and, and do, you know, different hybrids or different design elements of our fixed blade and even be able to do a mechanical head, but that's just not who we are. And, and so we've uh, kindly declined on, on each of those elements through the years. Okay. So the next uh, question I want to talk about is price and, and uh, you might have more insight on this than me, but I look mm-hmm. at other broadheads that are on the market and you know obviously made in america you're gonna have to pay a little bit more of a price for that um but your products are closer to the 50 dollar, and are all all of your sets uh three three uh, three heads in one pack yep so all of our products whether it's the uh, small game thumpers the three blade the two blade the turkey specific all come in a uh, pack of three for product okay all right so and uh, would you consider as far as price is concerned that you guys are towards the top of a of a three uh three pack three head pack uh i really you know that that's oh you know to kind of digress a little bit to your previous question of like you know who who is our customer base um that was definitely a big factor in you know what we wanted to do as a company, we wanted to produce the highest quality at kind of a mid-tier price. So I definitely do not believe we are the highest priced product out there. Um, I definitely don't believe we're the lowest priced product out there, but we are, are priced accordingly to the time and effort that you know we, we put into the product and obviously all of our you know overhead costs and everything. But um, you know even some of the the bigger players, I guess, in the industry, you know, we're maybe five to ten dollars off um, from what they're selling. I think, you know, even some of the the bigger names on the market are, you know, right in the the mid forty range to um, low fifty range. Um, but then there's some companies out there that are selling, you know, three pack of heads heads for, you know, close to hundred dollars. So um, we feel like we're very affordable for the quality that that you get. Right. Okay. So. So if a if a guy right now he's on the hunt for a new, you know, a new broadhead, and knowing everything that he's heard right now, why should he take a look at vantage point heads to to put on the tip of his arrow? Yes, simply put, it's going to get the job done. Um, so the the quality element is always my my leading hand with anything that we do. Um, the great thing then too is there's um, a lot of customers out there that are looking for a very specific um, product to put that at the you know the tip of the arrow, like you mentioned, um, that you know need needs a specific grain size or you know prefers vented to non-vented, uh, prefers a two blade to a three blade, and so we really have pretty much every you know option that you can think of within that that fixed blade series of products that somebody could use and then being able to stand back from any one of those different varieties and say yes this product's gonna gonna get it done in the field um, and have confidence in that and know that it's you know it's gonna fly like a field point and be able to adjust accordingly to to your setup and then be able to use it time and time again um, those would be all my um, you know, items when we talk about why somebody should select us over uh, a competitor. Okay. 
All right. And then, um, you know, as far as as far as finding information about the company, if uh, someone wants to find out more information about Vantage Point, where should you send them? Yeah, the, the starting place that I always recommend is our website. So this uh, past winter, we had a great opportunity to work with a local company here in Indiana that um, kind of freshened up our look. So um, right now we're um, we're touting a, a new brand. Uh, so we got a new logo, um, a brand new website, and that website is www.vparchery.com. So www.v as in Vantage. P is in point and then the word archery spelled out.com. And that will really give you the best insight um, on our company. So it's, you know, it's got the typical about page. It's got all of our products with, you know, new um, visual images, um, 360 views on a lot of our products that, that you can kind of get a close up on the design elements and some of the quality that, that I've been mentioning as well as a lot of information on dealer groups that we work with. So, you know, especially if you're looking to, um, you know, shop local or at least go and take a look at them in person, you can check out all the groups that, that we personally work with that, that sell our products in their, their storefronts. Um, along with, you know, our website, I always do mention we're on all the, the main social media outlets, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. So, any of those you'll be able to you know just type us in and be able to find us all right so you guys have been around for roughly would you say 15 years yep all right so can you give us any insight in what the next couple years 5 10 15 years are going to be like for you guys yeah we're going to continue to um you know like i mentioned listen to our customer base to see what what type of products they want as well as, you know, what we feel is conducive for, you know, our, our line and uh, the type of company that, that we are and are continuing to be. So we'll continue to be in the uh, fixed blade, um, you know, marketplace. I know we have really pretty much made every combination possible for a lot of our two blade and three blades with, you know, the different grain weights, um, vented, non-vented series. We are looking at um, implementing some new uh, single bevel type style heads, as well as looking at um, managing some of the, the materials that we use. So continue to expand on some of our stainless steel product lines. Um, but other than that, um, you know, we're just going to continue to to innovate as our customer base, you know, asks for it. Awesome. Well, I tell you what, man, I really appreciate your time hopping on the uh, podcast and to talk uh, talking to us about the, the brand Vantage Point, the products you guys make, and everything else that kind of goes into uh, the end product, man. Uh, thank you for your time. Dan, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys having us on. And uh, we certainly would enjoy, you know, if any of your audience has any questions, they can like I mentioned, uh, check out our website or, you know, if you guys are ever um, needing anything from us, whether it's, you know, more content or, you know, have particular questions about some of the things we're doing or some of the things that are going on in the, the industry, we'd love to, to come back and, and chat or even just have a, a conversation over the phone, too. So 